Hey guys, it's Lindsay. I just wanted to take a quick second to say thank you so much for all of you who listen to the Milk and Honey podcast. We have been recording for almost eight months and it has been some of the sweetest time of our lives and we're incredibly thankful for you. We hope that this in-laws episode encourages you and allows you to start with a fresh slate with the people in your lives. We completely understand if this is an episode that you don't want to share publicly. If you do, that's awesome. But we would appreciate it if you could text it or email it to any of your friends, family members who need to hear this episode. Also, if you wouldn't mind taking two seconds to rate and review us on iTunes, it would mean the world. This helps us to get amazing interviewees, amazing sponsors, and just overall encourages us to keep going. So if you could just scroll down from iTunes, put a star rating and a quick review, it would mean so much. We love you guys. Enjoy the episode. You may not always see it, but there is a lot of sweet in every mess and in all of the mundane. Exodus 3.8 is a promise to deliver us from the brokenness of life into one filled with hope. We are here to remind you of God's faithfulness and how His love can lead you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Join us, Lindsay and Amaris, as we get raw and share practical wisdom for all things marriage, motherhood, faith, and womanhood. So grab a cup of coffee and get cozy. This is the Milk and Honey Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Milk and Honey Podcast. This is Amaris and I'm here with Lindsay. Hey friends. And on this week's episode, we are addressing one of our most popular topic requests, in-laws <laughs> and how to deal with the in-laws. One person actually sent in the request of like a topic conversation and they said, in-laws, hashtag send help. <laughs> and we're like, that's a really good title. <laughs> yep. I've never received more requests, I guess aside from marriage, but it ties in, but I've never received more requests in my on my blog or just in my DMs in general for more help with in-laws or how do I do this? This is so hard. I'm newly married or we've been married for 10 years and this is rough help. Yeah. And I think when we, as we discuss this conversation in this episode, we just need to be really seasoned with grace and honor towards everyone involved because it's a difficult transition for everyone. You know, it's difficult for the parents that are, you know, losing their child to some extent. It's difficult for the spouse that's leaving or the spouse that's trying to blend with the family. It's just challenging for every member of the family. And transitions normally are challenging and can be messy. We're, you know, we're messy people, we're flawed, imperfect people. And so in any type of transitional stage, there needs mm-hmm. to be extra grace. Um, now, if it's 10 years in and you're still addressing the same issues, now that's right. a whole other conversation for another day. And I would say you need to mm-hmm. get a mediator involved by that point. But just be gracious. We want to be honoring because it's hard. It's hard for every single person. So let's dive into Genesis chapter two, verse 23 and 24. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called a woman for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife 
and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So this is where the tricky part comes in because we have to leave our families and be united with our spouse. And that word leave actually means to loosen or forsake. Like it's a very intentional forsaking because if you can forsake the independence, because that's what the issue is, you know, you're dependent upon your parents or he's dependent upon his parents versus you're now interdependent upon your spouse. And so if you can forsake your childhood or if you can forsake the family in that way where you can be independent with your wife or your husband, you can be interdependent, then it's not going to look as physically forsaking. You know, there can be still time spent with the family, the extended family, the in-laws. But what happens is, is that this forsaking of the extended family is really hard because it is. I mean, like, just think about it. It's the logic of forsaking your mother and father is, or your father and mother is really challenging in, indefinitely. Like, they're the ones that raised you. They're, the reason you're at the place that you're at is majority because of them. And so it's just a hard thing to forsake. Now, most of scripture is hard. You know, the way that we do anything is by walking in the spirit. God empowers us to be obedient. So, It's not an excuse that this is hard, but that's where the grace has to be. Um, And then if we look at that word unite, that means to cleave or stick like glue. I love that terminology of sticking like glue and clinging. Like there has to be sticking like glue with your spouse and no longer with your father and your mother. And that's what that transition Mm -hmm. has to look like. Yeah, I personally have a really good relationship with my in-laws, but it doesn't mean that there have not been these huge transitional situations and stages once Jesse and I got married and just kind of learning, I mean, really learning how to live this out. Like, what does this mean to leave and cleave? And I've heard it so much in the church and people kind of throw it around, you know, but there becomes a reliance and a dependency on our parents, obviously, as we grow older, that we're called to break. And with my parents, there was a reliance on finances and on just support and all of these things that I had to learn to break away from and to do this life with my husband, because that is what we're called to. We're not called to be dependent on our parents once we say, I do. And so in these transitional stages with my husband, there were moments where I didn't understand why he wanted to do certain things his way or that way with his family. And he didn't understand why I did things this way with my family. And we had to learn to compromise. And I would say Mm -hmm. that was a huge moment for us to realize like we have to compromise in this because we've been raised so differently. Our experiences are so different, but we also really need to set up boundaries. Yeah. When Nick and I do premarital counseling with a lot of the couples and we're trying to set the pace for them of what marriage is going to look like, one of the main things that we talk about is helping them understand their, that they are a new family unit. Mm-hmm. The husband and the wife together, you are now family and the rest are extended family. And I think the best visual we can give anyone who 
is struggling to cleave, struggling to forsake their family and be united with their spouse is do they look more like a daughter or a wife? Mm. Do they look more like a son or a husband? So a obvious way to tell if your husband is struggling to cleave to you is that when you're around his family, he still acts more like a son than he does like a husband. That's a really good way to look at it. And so that's how you'll notice if you're around his family and he's not taking your side, he's not defending you, he's falling back into old habits, old behavior that you don't normally see at home, but then all of a sudden when he's around his extended family, his parents, then you can tell that something is off. Or a lot of cases, people will message me all the time. You just have a lot of mother-in-laws that are really difficult. And the husbands do not know how to say no and set boundaries with their mothers. And so then the husband ends up looking more like a son in that relationship than he does because he hasn't clung to his wife and he's not preferring his wife. And so that's where this conflict often comes into play is that the husband, when you when he clings, when we cling in marriage, we look more like a wife. I look more like a wife. He looks more like a husband than he does a son or that I do a daughter. And that's why we have so many in-law issues. It's not necessarily because the in-laws are difficult. That is sometimes the case, but most likely it's because the cleaving has not taken place. The clinging, the new family unit has not been established because you teach people how to treat you. So even if you are dealing with a difficult in-law, okay, once you start establishing boundaries and once you start teaching those family members how to treat the new family unit, those behaviors end up changing or they just don't see you any longer. And so it's more of an issue of clinging and cleaving to the spouse than it is an in-law issue that we need to be addressing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. And I will use an example, and this is actually more geared toward the men, that I had an issue literally days after I said I do with a family member. And it was an issue I was used to dealing with. I was used to handling it all and sucking it up. And you guys, probably one of the most impactful and amazing experiences of my life was when my husband protected me from this. He deleted all of the messages from my phone. He got rid of it all. He got his phone out, messaged this person and said, you talk with me, talk through me. And it wasn't my in-laws. It had nothing to do with my in-laws. And he took it upon himself to protect me. And I think more than anything, and this is one portion of what Amaris is referring to, is a protectiveness over your spouse. That you see your spouse in the light of, I am here to love you, to serve you, to protect you. You and my new little family, if you have children, we are our first ministry now. We are this little family. And we are to protect one another. We are to defend one another. And, right. and this obviously comes with graciousness. This comes with kindness because what I want to really hone in on is this protectiveness is important, but with the protectiveness has to come honor. And we are called in Exodus 20, 12 to honor our parents. You technically have new parents now with your in-laws, 
You're called to honor your in-laws and to display the Christian attributes just like you would to anyone else. Honoring our parents, honoring our elders does not cease when we get married. So we need to live out these Christian attributes. And I want to read Galatians 5, 22 through 25. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. So we're to keep in step with the spirit, even when we're frustrated, even when we don't feel protected, even when we don't feel defended. And so many couples, you guys wait until they're so frustrated, just so worn out with their in-laws that they lash out with harsh and condemning words, or they just get so impatient that they yell at their husband or yell at their wife to handle this, fix this. And then they fracture the relationship even further. But Oftentimes, not always, when we speak with respect, we are also likely to get that respect in return. And of course, if this relationship is very damaged, this can be really challenging, especially if you have children, especially if they don't share the same belief system as you, the same morals, the same expectations as you. It causes this, the ability to be kind, to be gracious, to be patient, to be loving, to be incredibly kind. But I want to follow this quickly by saying there are three things that honor does not mean. So when you're honoring your in-laws, it does not mean that you're required to submerge all of your own feelings, your own desires, your own preferences in the service of doing things their way, that you sacrifice your beliefs, that you sacrifice what is important to your family, that you sacrifice your first ministry to do things the way they want just to keep the peace, right? Mm -hmm. Keeping the peace is something I hear from so many wives. Like, I just want to keep the peace. I just am sucking it up. That isn't a way to live with your husband. Mm -mm. And that will blow up. That will blow up. Yeah, it it will. It's going to eventually create bitterness, resentment, and it will explode. You have to create firm boundaries because – When you were married, like Amara said, you became one flesh. This is forever, you guys. And if you're in a place where you're thinking, I cannot do this for forever, something has to change. So if there's a conflict of interest between a man's wife and his mother, the husband is to stand with his wife. This doesn't mean that the mother is to be treated unkindly or the father, whoever the issue is with. It means that although we still treat her kindly, she's no longer the dominant female in his life. She is not biblically the dominant female in his life. No couple, you guys will reach their full potential in their marriage without the psychological, spiritual, necessary break from their parents. Yeah. And secondly, honor also does not mean that you permit your in-laws or your parents because you guys have to remember your parents are someone else's in-laws <laughs> that you must permit them to disrespect, to control, to manipulate you for their own selfish end or purpose, especially if and when children are involved. And I know I keep saying that, but you're raising 
a family, and that's incredibly important. And third, it does not entail obeying all of their requests or their requirements. You have to set up a fence. You have to know when to say no. And I always go back to our episode two where it says stop going house to house for the holidays. If you guys haven't listened to it, it's one of my favorites. But we just talk about why it's so important to set up boundaries for the sake of your own home so that you're not sacrificing your family's joy, your family's finances, everything that is important to your family biblically for other people, including your in-laws. So you just really have to set up that fence. And once people start to feel that you're willing to get closer and closer and closer to that fence in order to quote unquote, keep the peace, they're going to keep pushing those boundaries. So you have to set them Again, though, with love, with grace, with kindness, and with a desire to always see the good in those people and to love them unconditionally like Christ has loved you. And I believe so much of this begins with forgiveness if there has been wrongdoing. We have been forgiven so much by Jesus Christ that we are called to forgive much as well. And a lot of the time, that is where reconciliation begins if there is an issue. Yeah. That honor is going to look differently. So honor the position of who they are, even if they their behavior isn't honorable. So if they're the position of the mother-in-law, the father-in-law, you honor them by speaking kindly about them. You honor them by mm-hmm. setting the time aside if the relationship is safe enough to be able to do that. And, you know, you figure out those ways that you can display honor because you honor the position and not necessarily the behavior. Nick and I were doing some counseling and um, we were went through the in-law session and the guy, he was still struggling to call his mom when he got hurt at work versus calling his Mm -hmm. fiance. And so we were just like, okay, you know, this behavior has to change. You know, you need to transition on who is getting the first information of like what you're experiencing. But as a side note, ladies, if your husband has displayed cleaving things or, you know, he's still deferring to his family. Okay. You need to give grace, especially if you're early in your marriage, you need to give grace because that was 20 odd years of them being a son and deferring to his parents. And so there needs to be grace for your spouse as you guys transition in making this new family unit. And so that's going to start by creating expectations. Okay. I want to be the first one that you call, you know what I mean? Like you come up with expectations of how you guys are going to look now that you are the new family unit. But if it is a pattern, it is behavior that they are exhibiting consistently or the in-law is overstepping their boundaries. Sometimes when a, the children get involved and or you know you start having children, that's when like aggressive <laughs> behavior happens because you want to be protective over your children. You really want to establish new boundaries and if you don't have healthy in-laws, then sometimes that behavior can be become aggressive. And so this is where the confrontation with your spouse has to begin because ultimately it's a marriage issue and not an in-law issue. And you can eventually confront your in-law, but it starts by confronting your spouse. And this is a confrontation of like unemotional, having good and logical, clear examples, all the basics of how to confront your spouse need to happen in this conversation. We were recently giving someone counseling over a financial thing. 
so they were just like having discord in their marriage and they weren't agreeing on what to spend their money on. And as we were talking with them, I realized this is not a financial issue. This is a family issue, an extended family issue, because the money was actually going towards an extended family member and not between the marriage. So it was an attachment to the family member. It was an attachment to the parent versus an attachment to the spouse. And sometimes you just can't see. So if your husband is struggling, if you guys are having, you know, going in circles and you can't figure out, he doesn't see what you're seeing, you know, sometimes it's really hard and you need to be gracious with them because if they've been a son for a really long time and all of a sudden they don't see what you're seeing or how, what they're doing, how that's making you feel, then sometimes you need to have another pair of eyes and ears in the conversation to help your spouse see what you see. Get a mediator, get some counseling. It's not that big of a deal. And it's really helpful and will bring progress to the situation. And then once you have confronted your spouse and you guys are on page, that's when I would encourage you guys sit down together and confront an in-law if repeated behavior is happening. And this, again, is being very gracious in your confrontation, being very kind. I wouldn't even call it a confrontation. I would call it a conversation, you know, asking like, hey, can we talk about this stuff? And and whoever is the child to the parent, they need to be the one that addresses the conversation. However, the husband should always be the one to affirm. He always affirms everything his wife is saying, and especially in public. So if, if they have a problem, then you go home and you deal with it. But in public, you affirm each other, you agree with each other, and the husband protects the wife always. And this will help establish the new family order. In-laws, they do not understand y'all. They have been the parent's forever. They have been the boss. They have made all the rules. They have wanted to set the boundaries to have the curfew to all of the things. The parents, the father-in-law, mother-in-law, they have been the boss for so long. So it's really challenging for them to transition to a new order of how things should go that they no longer get first priority, that now they need to ask their son who has to ask his wife if they can come over for dinner. It's like a new, a whole new transition for them. So this needs to be established and it will take time. Sometimes even years it will take to establish because it has to be consistently reaffirmed. Like what Lindsay was saying is that you have to reaffirm these things with boundaries. And boundaries, I say that in a way, if... Repeated behavior is happening and no progress is coming. Then that's when boundaries happen. If you and your husband are on the same page, you guys are agreeing, he is cleaving, but the in-laws are still crossing boundaries and not being appropriate, that's when you guys create what boundaries need to be set in place. Yeah. And I honestly put myself in my in-laws' shoes a lot. Like I can't help but to think what is it going to be like when I'm a mother-in-law? You guys, if you don't know, I have two boys. I am obsessed with my (laughs) boys. Like I love them so much. And I am always praying over them, praying for them, for their salvation, for their lives, for their future wives. And I want them to have wonderful, godly wives. And I realize as I'm praying that, that I have this expectation for what I want their wives to be like. And I have to immediately 
ask for forgiveness in that and ask for God to replace that with just a wife that God gives them because they may not be what I expect my sons to have. They may not be this perfect image of a wife because what is that? Really, it's putting myself in a position of they need to meet my expectations and be that woman. However, is this going to be easy for me? I don't know. I It could be really, really challenging. And so, like I said, my in-laws are amazing. They have just embraced me so graciously and so lovingly. They don't impose themselves on our lives. Not, like I said, that there have not been boundaries to be set because we have had to create boundaries. My husband comes from a large Hispanic family where they see each other all the time. (laughs) That's so sweet. It is so sweet. And thankfully, like my siblings have become my siblings. Like I claim them as my own. My in-laws, I love them. Like I just call my mother-in-law to talk to her. But a lot of that has come from her stepping away. But there's also some things that I do think have helped. So I just want to share that if you have a new relationship with your in-laws or it's a little bit tense or you're still building this relationship, I want to share a few things that have helped me personally. So one of them is just not having expectations of what things are supposed to look like and being flexible. That if you already have a relatively okay relationship or you're still learning who they are, be flexible. This is my personal example. You guys do family nights every night on Thursday. I've never had anything like that in my life that seems very structured, seems like a lot, but I went into it. I said, okay, this is what you do. This is your family. You're my husband and I love you. Let's try it. Family night every Thursday. Honestly, you guys, it has become one of my favorite things and the things that I look forward to the most. Have there been disagreements? Yes. Have there been fights? (laughs) Yes. Have there been issues of people getting involved in wedding planning or people getting involved in babies and people slamming the doors and leaving. Yes, nothing is perfect, but we keep showing up. We keep loving one another and we keep fighting for it. And it has created a really awesome relationship and dynamic. Again, I want to be clear. I know not everyone has this option or even that type of family dynamic, but show up, be flexible with what your husband has as long as you're creating boundaries for your family and your little family comes first. Um, also do side-by-side activities with your in-laws. So when we have these face-to-face conversations all the time, like it can get heated. If you feel like your mother-in-law, I have a friend who her mother-in-law critiques everything she does, her cooking, her cleaning. My son should have it this way. She critiques her parenting, which is like where it really crossed the line, but you should be doing this with your kids or how dare you do this with your kids? And they had to cut her out for a very long time until there was restoration and reconciliation and boundaries created. But one thing that has helped them is going out and doing fun things together where it's not this environment of giving them the ability to critique like holidays and family dinners or whatever it might be, but going to a movie or going to get your nails done or going, because in this you're able to really get to know the person and just love them a little bit differently and a little bit better and figure it out. I'm not saying this will fix it if there are issues, but I do think it could be something to soften your heart a little bit. Lastly, and these kind of go together, but I think getting to know their history, understanding how their parents were, what their parents did when they were being raised, who they were to them, Because one thing I have learned, you guys, if anything in my life is that hurt people 
hurt people. Mm -hmm. And if you have a damaged relationship with your mother-in-law, I would be very, very interested to know what her mother-in-law was like um, or what her mother was like or her family dynamic. And for you just to figure that out, I think softens our heart and allows us to have more grace and more mercy on the way that they act. Again, not accepting the things that they do, but having grace, having a soft heart and praying, Lord, heal them, restore them, bring this relationship to restoration. And and just choosing every day, like I'm not going to do things that rock the boat intentionally. I'm not going to do things that just to prove my point that I'm the wife, that I'm going to stand my ground. But if it's not a big deal and they just want you guys to go to lunch and you just really want to prove a point of, no, we don't have to, don't do that. Like love them, honor them, choose to go. If there's no danger, if there are no issues, if it's just uncomfortable or unpleasant, just go love them, go outside of yourself and be selfless in that and pursue that relationship because truly you might find out a lot about them that is really sweet and really helps you to see why they are the way that they are. Yeah. And let them see you for who you are. Don't feel the need to change yourself, to become perfectly polite, to, you know what I mean? Like let them see the woman that your husband fell in love with. Let them see the, the the kindness, the playfulness, the fun. Let them see that woman. Don't feel intimidated or feel like you can't say your opinion because you're afraid of them rejecting you. But let them see who you really are because that's how a genuine relationship is going to be established. If you are shifting yourself and not being who you really are around them out of fear of being rejected or fear of more conflict, you will end up resenting them and your husband for changing when you're around them. And that's not fair to anyone. So let yourself be yourself no matter who is around. Now, that's not a justification to be belligerent or mean or anything like that, but give yourself the freedom to be who you are naturally and then let that relationship grow. And if you are one of the women or the men who really do have a really hard time in this area, you really have difficult in-laws or your spouse is really not clinging to you and they're clinging to their parents still, my spiritual and personal advice to you is count it all joy. Like James 1 two through five says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Guys, count it joy. Count it a joy. We've discussed this in other episodes that when we are going through difficulty, count it a joy that God is pruning you, that he is sanctifying you through various trials to produce patience within you. And God, he meets those who need him. He comes and he meets those. He comes Mm -hmm. and he comforts those who need him. A broken and contrite spirit, he will not resist. So, Count it a joy because God is sanctifying you and pruning you. And that is a good thing. That is a very good thing. 
If you are in a crummy in-law situation, start by forgiving those who have hurt you. Identify where missed expectations have happened that ultimately have caused hurt and then go into being thankful. Start with forgiveness and then start operating with a thankful heart. And that's how that restoration, that's how that reconciliation will move forward is by operating with thankfulness. God prunes us and we get to count that as joy. Don't grumble and complain like we talked about in our complaining episode. Instead, count it as joy that God loves you enough to sanctify you. Amen. Can I pray for you guys? I want to pray. Okay, let's pray. Dear Jesus, we come to you and thank you for this podcast. I just feel so fulfilled when we talk and share these things and we are reminded of these truths just as we speak them to these women and men who are listening, Lord. And so we just thank you for that. We thank you for the opportunity to be molded and shaped to look more like you, Father. That is our end goal is to be a good and faithful servant. And at the end of our lives to hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. And I pray that in every area of our lives, whether it is in our marriage and parenthood and college in life in general and with our in-laws, Lord, that you are using all of these things to grow us and to challenge us and to make us better. And Father, that you don't waste anything. You don't waste the hard moments. You don't waste these seasons, Lord, but that you use them so that we can count it all joy. So I pray for these people who may be suffering through this. We know that it's not easy. We know that it can damage marriages and truly tear things apart. So we pray for your provision and your protection over that, that you will not allow this to damage marriages, but that relationships with parents will be fruitful and beautiful and lovely, Lord. And if they are not, that you will give the husband and the wife a spirit of power and not allow them to have a spirit of fear, Lord, in communicating with these people who may be causing damage or hurt, that they will share and they will create boundaries and work together as one unit to find a solution, Lord. And so we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your ability to heal and to restore and to bring beauty from ashes, Lord. But if there are moments where beauty doesn't come. Father, we just ask for peace and patience and grace in these hearts. And so we just love you. We thank you for all that you are and who you are. And in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. Have a good day. If you enjoyed this episode, you may also enjoy episode two, stop going house to house for the holidays. Episode 24, how to argue well with Megan Caston. In episode 30, Marriage Isn't About You with Aaron and Jennifer Smith. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the Milk and Honey podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a second to visit our page on iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. It would mean so much to us. Your review helps the show to be found by other women like you, and it also helps us to continuously grow and become better as a podcast. For a daily pick-me-up, follow me, Lindsay, on Instagram at Sparrows and Lily and Amorous at Amorous Beecher. Tune in next week for more laughter, fun, hope, and encouragement. Bye, guys.